um but apple allergy nah, well no so this happened this happened with yeah. me so and a friend of mine as well with something else so um i was eating pecans i fucking love pecans and my mom makes these shout out mom makes these really delicious like roasted pecans that are like buttery and sugary but like a little salty and she mm. makes them around christmas time and they're so fucking good and um i was thinking about it as i was eating them and i was like hmm my favorite thing about pecans is that kind of zappy painful feeling that they give to your tongue you know and then your tongue kind of like burns <laughs> and stings and it's like a, the world's nature natural pop rock and i it's my favorite <laughs> thing about pecans and then I remember this conversation that I had with one of my best friends, Luis. He's like the guy who technically officiated my legal wedding here in Maine. Um, that's not a thing. That's an allergy. Um, oh. No one ever explained that to me. That like, that's what a food allergy feels like. And that feels it's really crazy. That feels really fucking important because that's yeah. my favorite thing about pecans for my entire life. It's like, mm, love how they make my tongue feel kind of weird. That's not a fucking thing. I remember so vividly one time when I was younger, my mom was working at the Weikert Realtors location in Morris Plains, New, New Jersey on Route 10. This is I like so vivid. We were in the cafeteria and she got me a bottle of that like um, uh, Nantucket nectar or whatever apple mm -hmm. juice. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. drinking it. great. And my mouth like kind of swelled. Like my tongue got a little swollen, but it was like my gums and my lips swelled up. They were painful and they were itchy. And I was just, and my throat got really itchy and I was just like, God, that's a weird feeling, but I really love apple juice. So I'm just going to keep drinking this. Yeah. And it's been like that, like my entire life with oranges, with other acidic things, pears, oh. stuff like that. It's really, really weird, but I just love it so much. And I'll be damned if I don't have my fruits. Thank you. So you guys know the kind bars? I can't eat any of the kinds that have like the fruit. Like dried fruit? Yeah. Even when it's dried? Specifically kind bars. There's something within the fruit ones that make my mouth it has some Is type it of the preservatives that they're using? Dude, I bet. That's gotta be it. I'm wondering if it is because I Maybe that's why with the fruit and everything. I know, because I don't usually eat uh well you go to the farmer's market uh preservatives yeah like you're that's so true. careful with the food that you eat um and you like and go to the farmer's market which is like local fucking farmers and shit so like it might be the preservative dude well no mine's just pecans but you know what fuck it that zappy feeling in my tongue i love it I love it. Yep. It's it's burn. my favorite part about pecans. Like you're like, hmm, sweet zap. Like, yeah. Like tasty pain. I love it. Tasty pain. I like a little <sighs> zest when I'm eating. <laughs> I like a little zest. Wow, I need to call my therapist and we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's tasty pain, she says. Heidi, 
I know you're not listening. We got a dog girl. <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I'm positive. I told my therapist that I am doing a podcast. Um, I know I told, I know I told him the name and all of it. Cause I was like so excited about like, Oh, like always the last to know, always Ashley, last Liz, no, Katie. Um, I was like, so excited about <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. Like that worked out so well. Like what, what a dope fucking thing. And I know I told her about that. But I guarantee she doesn't listen because I don't think a therapist would go. Would I, does that cross a line? I think that kind of crosses a line. It might. It might. I think well, it would be pretty dope if she did. Yeah, It'd be like even more insight into who you are as a person, and she it, could help you more. That's true. I also she's so cool. I think she's really cool. I almost wish she wasn't my therapist because I want to be her friend. Um. And I was worried that me thinking she was so cool would, like, fuck up my therapy sessions. And that, like, I wouldn't want to be, like, super honest with her because I was, like, intimidated by her coolness. But she's just so easy to talk to. I fucking love my therapist, man. I'm That's so amazing. And I have paid zero dollars for a year of therapy. Maine, you are an amazing state to live in. I did not know that, but that's amazing. I didn't know that either, yeah. Zero dollars, because it's all covered under this thing called the, there's literally clinics around here called Maine State Mental Health Care Clinic. And you just go and it's, then there's therapy. It's really like, it's difficult to get an appointment with her. Like she's very busy, um, but I have paid zero dollars. I'm really proud of you. You know what, though, man? As long as you, like, book a schedule ahead of time, schedule in advance, you're fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I love that Maine acknowledges that. And it's actually really interesting. Because of Maine's active, like, role in mental health, They Portland has become a hub for addicts, recovering addicts. Oh. There's a bunch of phenomenal rehab rehab programs out here because you have rehab rehab. because you have like nature and lots of like things to do that don't involve lots of art getting fucked up lots of art and things like that but you also have a really small community a small really understanding community um willing to let people move forward with their lives yeah and people who are like willing to give you a second chance and all of that so because and then we have a state who's like yeah here are fucking state-run clinics for mental health all of that kind of put together create a really cool community for young sober people which is really fucking dope um yeah yeah i love maine god i love that so much because we should be more focused on rehabilitation. Totally. Than just outright writing someone off and being like, nope, nope, it's too late. You've made too many mistakes. Fuck it. We all make mistakes every single day. The point is to learn from them and move forward. Let's let people do that. Yeah. There's a big thing right now with a new um, homeless shelter that's being built about making sure there's no like not putting a cap on how many people we can allow stay there in the sense of like making sure that like you will do everything you can to not like turn people away when it's like negative 10 degrees 
which it is here frequently. All the time. All the time. That's like a warm fucking day here in Maine. Um, because just because somebody has fallen on hard times, and I'm sorry, but you don't know what has happened in their life for them to be at that point. There are so many things that could happen. It's not because they're lazy. Fuck anyone who thinks that. Um, just, just because they've fallen on hard times doesn't mean that they deserve to die in negative 10 degree weather. And you should help your fellow human being and bring someone in from the cold. Yeah, there have been actually like a lot of bouts of, um, I want to say civil disobedience in Portland. Um, making it clear that like people don't want people to be turned away at homeless shelters when it's when it's like a certain temperature out you shouldn't be able to turn someone away at a homeless shelter yeah Yeah. you know like and I don't it's just not right it's it's just not right when it's when it's a certain temperature the same way that there are certain times here in Maine where it gets so cold that even if you don't pay your bill for heat or electricity they can't shut off your heater electricity between certain points because like you'll die. That's if it's wow. below a certain temperature. Yeah. Um, so it's like kind of like within that same vein. It's like, dude, if it's the other day I woke up, this is probably two weeks ago, it was outside nine degrees feels like negative 18 and that was at like noon like the warmest time of the fucking day wow so if that's what oh dude that's just fucking Maine and it's so much worse further north like it's shitty so if it's gonna be like that then like yeah dude tonight someone can sleep on the fucking floor of the homeless shelter yeah I don't care if you don't have inside I don't care if you don't have another bed just let them inside and guess what? It's they fine. probably don't care if you have another bed. They just want to be inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, let's all just learn to have a little more compassion for our fellow human beings. Fucking please. It's not that hard to be nice. This is actually a really good fucking segue into the topic. Yeah. Holy shit. I was going to say that before. Oh, yes. I'm just going to pause the recording really quick. For the sake of future editing. Sorry, listeners. Okay. <laughs> and we're back recording. <laughs> um, hello there. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the middle of our conversation. <laughs> um, I don't know. I decided to restart recording in the middle of our unknown food allergy conversation. Because <laughs> I felt like that might be relatable to other people. I'm a little bit annoyed that no one explained to me that that's what a minor food allergy would feel like. That feels like useful fucking information. Mm -hmm. Yes. It happened to a friend of Luis also. I can't remember with some sort of fruit. He was saying like, oh, like this is my favorite thing about the fruit. And they're like, no, that's not, no. Um, anyway, we were talking about having a little bit of compassion for our fellow human being, and that was just the perfect segue into what I wanted to talk about. So, hello, welcome to our podcast. This is always the last to know. <laughs> what up, what up? Hey, hey! <laughs> um, 
it's always awkward. I feel like it'll never not be awkward. It'll, it'll never, never not be awkward. Um, I'm Katie. This is my episode this week. My oh, I just said hey. Oh, wait. Did you say you didn't say Ash? What? I said it. So did Ash. Ash only said hey. She didn't even say your name. Oh. Oh, Hi, I'm shit. Ashley. <laughs> Katie was the only one. I'm Liz. <laughs> and I'm Katie. And I'm drunk. Um, <laughs> guys, I just have to really... about whatever you're about to teach us. Um, so yeah, this is a topic that I've been looking into and I have tried to come from come at from different angles so so many different angles and it took a little while to finally get to just the areas that I want to focus on now which is prisons prisons in America prisons around the world the way that human beings who have been arrested are treated and sort of kind that just whole fucking process uh i wanted to look into that so at first i was like let's talk about the five best prisons and the five worst prisons and that was a whole subject within itself and then what the five best prisons that were doing that made them the best best prisons were really interesting because different searches defined different things and it was fucking crazy and then i found this documentary everything that i learned about prisons in the last two months, I think is how long I've been wanting to talk about this and like researching it because we have been planning this out a little bit more. Yeah. Has blown my motherfucking mind. Blow our motherfucking mind. Please. So, Please blow my mind. <laughs> um, first off, I'm just going to kind of lay this out in like the mind blowing moments that made me stop and really think for a second. Um, here was something that really fucked me up. So I literally just looked up like top five, top 10 worst prisons in the world. Oh, guys, I don't super love having two prisons in the country that I'm in be listed in the same fucking list as a concentration camp in North Korea. Oh my God. America had two frequently two places popped up which is rikers and that's that's in fucking new york yeah and the u.s penitentiary administrative maximum security in florence colorado which is otherwise known as admax or like supermax prison which straight up holds like the worst of the worst like el chapo just got put in there the fucking Boston bomber, the Unabomber, this dude who was, that was the guy I texted you about, the FBI agent. Yes. Oh. What was it? 15 consecutive year, consecutive yeah. seven, life sentences? Either 15 or 17 consecutive life sentences for providing information from the FBI to Soviet Russia between 1976 all the way up until 2001 maybe even 2002 oh my god and it holds like straight up the worst of the worst um and those two prisons came up a lot on 
a list of things. Um, That's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So there's a time where I just had to kind of stop and sit for a second and really think about what prison was supposed to be and what it meant for me. Because I think I asked you guys, it's like, as a kid, what did you guys really think? Like, what was prison for you when you were a kid? What did you think of when you thought of that? I remember just being taught that it was where people were sent to like reform and become, learn to become a productive member of society once they come out. So I guess that's what I assumed it was, as we have learned of late. That is the complete opposite of what is happening in this country, and other countries are doing it much better. Some, some other countries. I don't remember being taught about reform. It's like, it wasn't, I wasn't taught that that's what was actually happening, just told that that's what it was supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. Clearly, that's not what happens in most cases here in our country, and it's really fucking sad. Mm-mm. Like, you're just putting people back out into the world without even trying to help them. Liz, what about you? I was taught that that's where bad people go. People who break the law. That's it. That's sort of where I was. That's it. Bad people go to prison because they did bad things. Yep. And things were really, you're a bad person. You did bad things. Um, and it took a little while for me to realize people go to prison for breaking the law. Not you're a bad person, you go to jail. And the world is very different from when you're a kid, but I feel like painting it in that picture builds a foundation for kind of what we're going to get into now. And at some point, I'm going to give just a little background on the rest of the prisons that I learned about around the world, like the quote-unquote like worst prisons, mm-hmm. and just some just little horrible facts And then I'll go into the best prisons that I found and just like interesting little things that they're doing. Um, And that's kind of how I'll wrap up the episode. But the big thing that I want to focus on is uh, this documentary that I watched and the comparison between what we have in America, um, which is comparing the U.S. Admax and Attica Prison, as well as Rikers Prison, to what is known as the most humane prison in the world in Norway. Of course. Um, Halden Prison. Yeah. So, this was a really interesting documentary. First of all, it's on YouTube and it hasn't been taken down and it's been there forever. I'm pretty sure the creators of this documentary were like, fuck you, everyone needs to see this. Because their just footage and the way they framed this and the dude, the warden, I feel like it's disrespectful, Jan, Jan Soms, he's the warden of the Halden prison in Norway. So Halden prison is like their supermax prison. 
mm-hmm. it holds like they're murderers, they're rapists, they're serial killers, they're horrible people. No, no, not they're horrible people. The people who have committed crimes. See, see what I'm saying? People who have done horrible things. Um, and it's split up into three units, A, B, and C. Uh, B and C are kind of intermixed. A is for rapists and um, people who need medical help. So like if you have like cancer or something like that and people who need like intensive therapy, they all live in the A area. Um, And then there's the B and C unit and their whole thing in Norway is these people are going to be our neighbors one day what do we want that to look like? And how do we get people from where they were doing whatever they were doing to being a productive being member a of productive society. Member of our society. Yeah. The, the prison was honestly incredible. It was amazing. Um, it, they design it to simulate the outside life so that they can never, never feel like a, like a dog in a cage. They want them to be like, so this is how the world functions and you need to learn how to do that because what you were doing before that got you put in prison, that's outside how the world functions and that's not how you do things. Mm -hmm. for example you're stealing things well why are you stealing things do you not have a means to make money well let's teach you a different means so there's cooking there's a recording studio there's gyms there because music is a great Mm -hmm. source of therapy a amazing source of therapy yeah so throughout this documentary it's called i should have said this before this is one of my main sources as well as various articles that talk about sort of the outcome it's called breaking the cycle it came out in 2017 and it's all on youtube i'm going to post the link for it it's only 45 to 50 minutes okay and it the way they filmed it is absolutely incredible. It goes back and forth between looking at Halden Prison as well as looking at Attica Prison, in, which is also actually in New York. <clears throat> so the way that it opens up is the... Sorry, you guys are hearing all of my notes. Making <laughs> the, the way that it opens up is just showing like the, the rooms, the cells that they stay in. All of the cells in Attica are exactly what you picture when you think of jail. Yeah. Classic bars, bed, all of this stuff. And that's exactly exactly what it's like, but in so small. It is so cramped. And then it immediately like flashes over to Norway. And there's this dude in like a t-shirt and shorts. This is like a hat. And he's like, yep, these are my sweaters. These are my shoes. This is the bathroom. And then he walks into another room and is like, this is our common room that I share. This is our kitchen. Here's our refrigerator. Learning how to live with other people. Here's 
here's all of our stuff, learning how to live with other people, learning how to coexist, simulating society. And then it went into like a interview with, cause it keeps going back and forth between interviews with the prisoners in Norway and the prisoners in New York and Attica and talking about like what their life is and what it is. And then Jan, my fucking dude, Jan, he speaks in Nordic, Norwegian. And this is the, the, this is the warden. The warden. Okay. Okay. He speaks, he speaks English and Norwegian, but when they're interviewing him, he speaks Norwegian. I read multiple comments. I read multiple positive YouTube comments. Do you know how fucking rare that is? That is very, very, very rare. Multiple people said, like, the translations of what he is saying cannot convey how well-spoken this guy is. And they're like, I wish that everyone spoke this language because, like, you cannot understand, like, how um, the meaning, the power, speaking about this, like, and I just was like, I'm gonna fucking learn this, like, I need to know. And multiple people were saying that. So he is talking about his whole thing, and then he goes to Attica Prison, and he tours the prison, and he <gasps> talks with the wardens, and he talks with the prisoners in Attica. And I earlier I sent you guys a, the photos for the episode, mm-hmm. and I sent you guys the picture of that dude's face. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I said, like, this will come in. That's Yon in Attica prison. Ah. I need to, like, look at it again real quick. So. Because I was at work when you sent it. (laughs) Yes. So one of his big things was about creating a positive. Oh, damn. Yeah. I'd listen to him. Yeah. One of his things about is creating a positive bond between the guards and the prisoners there so that they can have a therapeutic and sort of, they can help, you know, grow and have meaningful interactions. Um, So it goes, flashes from this woman, Maria Frovic. She's playing uh, Chinese checkers with a prisoner. And it just like flashes up next to the prisoner, like murderer. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> and she's just playing Chinese checkers. She doesn't have any fucking weapons on her. She's just in like a collared shirt and like braided hair. And they're like laughing and talking. And then she's talking to the cameras and she says that um, she finds her job incredibly meaningful. That she feels like everything she does is like helping these people become better people and like truly understand themselves and like what they're doing and why they live this life. And then it flashes over to fucking Jan, my dude, in Attica. And they're talking about how the staff absolutely cannot interact with the prisoners in any, basically any friendly manner at all. They had to put in cameras and microphones 
in order to drop the amount of violence from guards on prisoners. Like prisoners were stoked when the cameras and microphones were put in because now there's less violence and horrible treatment of them. Why am I not surprised that that's what it took with them being recorded for them to change their behavior? Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Because you know they're beating people. Yeah. It's not yeah. just like verbal. You know that people are getting a fucking beat down because there's no one checking on them. Because no one cares about the prisoners. Because just like Katie said at the beginning, they're bad people. No, yeah. they made mistakes. Let's try yeah. to fix that. Let's try and fix that and figure out why. <laughs> so Holland Prison has had very few incidents of violence. All of the incidents that have happened have come out, all of the purposeful incidents that have happened have come out of Unit A, where the sex offenders are. Yep. Um, otherwise, any other incidents that have happened have been accidents, that sort of thing has happened. So there's like yeah. this like super fucking gruesome scene going on where it's... it's going it's panning over the jail yard and showing these people and then you just hear the playing the prisoners are playing basketball and stuff it's attica there's these huge fucking walls with barbed wire and then you just hear like no touching being screamed in the background the most fucking movie Ah. i've ever seen in my life yawn is just at the top like looking so disgusted and so just like what the fuck what the fuck is happening to these people so then they're in a basketball thing and he asks them like what about staff participation and james conway the old head the old department head of this prison literally tries to mansplain to him why there's just so much tension between the guards and the staff that if they played football, you know, it's a contact sport. If they played football, there might be an incident where the guard, you know, really roughly hits a prisoner or the other way around. And then the conflict starts and blah, 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 blah. And Jan literally goes, mm-hmm, okay, we think differently. And explains to them that, the, that, that they play football and they play basketball at Halden Prison. And the only time there's been an incident where it's like, I was running and I tripped and I accidentally elbowed you. And everyone was like, that's the game. Shrug and moved <laughs> on. Because they have such positive relationships with each other that you getting elbowed in the face by your fucking prison guard, you're like, it's just the thing that happens because that's the dude I talk to when I'm having a rough day. Because I'm being rehabilitated. Yep. Like, it's so frustrating it's so frustrating so then you if you if you guys like click on the picture of Jan and I'm gonna post this on Instagram you can see his fucking face he is just look at him he is so fed up with everything yeah man Mm -hmm. okay the look on his look face. That. He is so mad. <laughs> so mad. And concerned. 
and for it's truly devastating so they're also interviewing different prisoners and the things that they have to say about attica are truly heartbreaking there's a quote saying the safest i feel is in my cell alone with the door closed alone I don't want to be, he didn't want to be near guards. He didn't want to be near other prisoners. The oh safest God. he felt is behind bars. Wow. With nothing behind him or around him because he, people are describing it as a jungle. Lions prey on the weak. Um, and then people were talking about the way that they felt about how they're treated and what it's like there, saying that I think people are angry about why they're here and how it is here. And talking about how uh, oppressive the environment is and the way that they are oppressed causes them to lash out. And there's no one really sitting down and talking with them and explaining to them like, hey, why do you feel so mad when this dude calls you a punk or that's based off of a show but like let's talk about this rage that you're feeling when (laughs) shit's going from zero to 100 let's fucking talk about that yeah watching this documentary was truly heartbreaking but then seeing what it was like in norway was great at the end of breaking the cycle they take the five or six different inmates that they have been interviewing throughout this documentary and have them design a prison for what they think would be the best and most rehabilitative. Rehabilitative. They basically design Halden Prison. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. wow. Almost exactly what they design. Uh, wow. I don't know. There, nothing. I could have just said that statement alone, and that could have been the entire episode. People who are like, "This is what this is what I need to figure out." And at the end of so throughout the documentary, they don't tell you who, what the people in Attica are in there for until the very end. Almost all of them are in there for violent crimes, and they're all just like, "Help me fucking figure out why." I am like this. Why did I do this? Because there's so much of a yeah. mental connection to that. Mm-hmm. So much. There's I need help. There's so much to it. So much to it. Um, and when Jan asked the prisoners about the cameras and the microphones and the lack of privacy they have, because the people in Norway have like full-blown rooms of doors and bathrooms and showers that they can you know take alone um he was devastated by their answers about how they were stoked about that because then the guards couldn't demean them that's that's Christ terrifying so then I and then that's also like who the fuck are we letting be guards if yeah. that's the kind of shit that they're willing to do to people on a daily basis? That's what I'm... What the fuck is wrong with you? You're supposed to be there rehabilitating things. Why See, the fuck would you want to treat another human being like that? Mm-hmm. Even if they're, they're, they've committed violent crimes and everything, what the fuck is wrong with you? That is your daily life, the way you're treating people. 
So Jan, Jan said something, and I wish I could know what this is in his language, but it translated directly to Jan thinks respect is achieved through power constellations. And, you know, making moves to humiliate and put power over other people in whatever way that you can. Throwing them in segregation, making them tuck in their shirt, taking away their privacy, doing all these things to be like, I have the power and you don't. You're being punished. Also, I'm just thinking, these people are in there for violent crimes. But you have people who are supposed to be watching them that are violently hurting them in a physical manner. The people that you have watching them have the same fucking mental issues as the people that are in jail. It's just legal. Well, not technically, but they get away with it legally. It's abusing people. It's abusers. It's abusers abusing abusers. Like, it's just, what the fuck? It's a fucked up cycle. Yeah. It's the it's, same caliber of the people who are in there. What? Yeah. It's a super fucked up cycle. And it's disgusting. So then I found this follow-up article about this one section of the documentary. So they cover these prisons in North Dakota, where this woman Carrie Ann Wolfer and another woman, um, Glenn Rayner, I think. Um, no, Glenn Rayner was a man. I can't remember the other woman's name. It was Jesse something. They went to Norway to visit the prisons and see what it was like. And because they're in charge of a region of prisons in North Dakota. Uh huh. And they said that they left and almost immediately cried and said, like, how the fuck did we think that what we were doing was okay? Can they, I just wow. really quickly? Of course it was two women who realized the mistake and decided to change. Not men. People might get angry at me for that, but fuck you. We all know. Yeah. At least it was two women. That makes me happy. Yeah. So they're like talking to the dude from Attica and they're after um Jan presents like this is what our prison is like the dude from Attica who runs it is just like yeah no like that's too expensive and then it fucking uh... immediately cuts to Carrie Ann Walker the director of correctional practice who literally says all of these changes us all of these changes costed us like nothing is the immediate next quote following this dude being like, that costs money. And this woman's like, no, this costs us nothing. So the biggest things that they changed after visiting Norway was the language that they used, the treatment philosophy, and the policies that they have. They realized that they needed to create an environment for people to become better neighbors. So they worked on the environment between the staff and they narrowed down the list of crimes that get you put into segregation because people are getting put into segregation when they're not seeing anyone else for 24 hours a day for up to like a week or more at a time. And like, that's a punishment for like not tucking in your fucking shirt. What? Yeah. 
so she said that after seeing Norway, she asked herself, like, why do we have these rules? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Yeah. Does this matter? Or is this about us proving that we have fucking power over these people? Mm-hmm. She then went through all of the people who are in kind of like the intensive segregation in and out of all that stuff and separated them into various groups of like, these are people who have a mental illness and need a specific type of therapy. These are people who are repeat offenders. Like we're going to sit down and talk with them in this program. These are people who are doing fine and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they completely changed the way that things are running in their prison and the dude glenn reiner is really excited to get the various results back to prove how successful this has been yeah know that it's gonna do huge things after what they saw in norway but then Uh is this fucking dude this correctional officer who, and I quote, said, I see manipulation from the guys so they can get what they want. So he's saying that the prisoners are manipulating the system and, like, being good just so they can get, like, what they want. Dude, that's how life works. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh. You do good at your job so that you can keep getting money. Yep. Yes. We are showing these guys and these people in this environment if you do these things, if you you do good, the rules, and you do what you're supposed to, you get rewarded. You get rewarded because no one in the real world cares if you're fucking tattooing someone else. That doesn't get you thrown into segregation in the real world. Mm-hmm. That just gets you probably sent to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That gets you maybe some antibiotics. He, that guy just didn't want to give up his fucking power over that. No, and honestly, watching this guy, he seemed like really fucking uncomfortable talking about it. But honestly, like, I understand why people get really weird because we're talking about the treatment of people who like, I don't know, fucking sometimes murder and rape children. I'm like, yeah, man, I want to kick that dude too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when push really comes to shove, what I super duper want and what I guarantee the victims truly would have wanted is maybe fixing this fucking dude. Yeah. And maybe so that figuring, they don't do it again. So that they don't do it again. And then maybe so that we learn something. So that if someone starts showing the signs that maybe they're going to do this in 10 years, they <coughs> know and know what to do about it. Yes. Because we've had conversations with people in prison who trusted us enough to be like, yeah, I had these things happen to me when I was a kid. And then we can be like, hey guys, don't fucking beat your children anymore. Notice yeah. how we all fucking, not we all, notice how most sane people stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. When it used to be, what, like 50 years ago? Every, not even 50, 30 years ago? It was a thing. It was a thing. Like, 
it was a hardcore thing. Mm-hmm. We know different signs of things to look out for now because of different conversations that we've had with various people. It would be really cool if we could have relationships with people in prison and figure out like, how did society fail you in a way that you weren't prepared to function in it? Mm-hmm. Because if all of these people so many people aren't able to function in society. There's something wrong in society there. Society is failing those people. Yeah. If it was one person stealing shit, yeah, okay, it's that one person. People who feel the need to do that, something's going on there. Let's look into that. Yep. And if if they're people with lighter sentences and you know they're going to be reintroduced into society, don't you want to not have to spend your tax money on them going back and forth between jail and coming out? Don't you want them rehabilitated so that they can be a functioning member of society so that we're not wasting our tax money on that? Shit. There, There was a study that followed, and I'll post the results of this as well, send this, that followed 400,000 prisoners released in 2005 from jail, 83% of them went back to prison within the first three years. Mm -hmm. 83%. And that's exactly why the documentary was called Breaking the Cycle, because we are continuously throwing people into jail, in and out, in and out, and nothing is happening other than ostracizing them from society and breaking them as people. And you want to know why? Because it has no longer, it's no longer about rehabilitating people. It's about greed. It's about all of these for-profit systems. Oh my God. These for-profit prisons that set it up to be a monetary income for people who are greedy as fuck and don't give a shit about the people who are in there. Like, yeah. holy fuck, can we not be so greedy as a nation? Jesus Christ, guys. It's out of control. Absolutely. I'm like mad heated about this. Yes. Me too. I feel um, like, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have a need for prisons? Like, can't we all just like work on it? Aren't we at the time where we're finally able to talk about mental health more freely? Like, let's help people. I think we will always live in a world where people push the limits. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Very true. I know. Because that that's was a, dr- human a dream nature. world. Yeah. In a dream world, we wouldn't have that. But I think there is always going to be people who push the limits. There's always going to be people who are maybe feeling well, albeit incorrectly, backed into a corner and don't respond well. That's just, you know, we have so many people and that's just going to happen. But yeah. I think the way we handle that is super important. Mm-hmm. And um, most of that was the information that I had. So I'm now going to cover some shitty and also really dope ways that that is handled around the world. Oh, do you have a question? Can I run to the bathroom? (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Okay. I'll be right back. I had no idea. 
like I had an idea that Norway had like a bomb ass, you know, system because you always hear about it. Dude, but it's, it's like, insane how fucked up America just like throws people in jail, basically. There's also this idea, you know, that you go to jail to be punished. Like you're gonna go there and people are gonna punish you. People in Norway talked about how living <laughs> there is your punishment. You're not living at home. There are strict rules that you have to follow. Like you're away from your world and that's your punishment. You don't need anything. You don't need prison to be worse than just being away from home yeah. to be punished. And I think that that was kind of the biggest surprise for Jan was this notion that like, not only were you away from your world being punished, but then the way that you're treated when you're away from the world was like, so fucking horrible. He was disgusted by the lack of privacy. Yeah. Truly disgusted by it. Like, oh man, it was crazy. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I'm so excited to watch it. It really made me think. Um, So the two prisons that were on the list, as I said, were Rikers and um, Admax Prison. I have a picture that we're putting up on our Instagram of the chambers. It's an uh, your typical room for your Supermax prison. It's seven feet by 12 and a half feet. So that's one and a half Katie's. That's less than, that's one and a quarter Katie by two and a quarter Katie. What? That is so small. So that's our Supermax prison in America. They I'm looking kept, at the graphic that you sent yes. us. Yes. They are kept inside of that alone with the door shut. I don't know if that graphic shows it very well, but behind those bars that you see, just your classic jail bars, is a full yeah. fucking door that just comes Like a little window, right? With a tiny, tiny little window. You're kept in that for 23 hours a day. Inside of your room is also, so your room is just straight up a little concrete thing, loft, little guy for your bed. And then you have a toilet and a shower inside your room. You have a teeny tiny little window in this super sketchy little uh, kind of shitty ass glass mirror. Um, And they have your bathroom and all that stuff in there so that you're handled less. Your food is all dropped off. And then every once in a while, you are led outside with a baggy bag over your head so that you don't know where you are ever in case you ever try to escape through these underground tunnels that connect everything. You are led outside for your one hour of outside time of walking around in a circle for a day, for an hour a day. That's it. What? And then otherwise, you are kept inside of what has been called an isolation prison for 23 hours a day. What? And And if this, if, wait, that drives people to insanity. And if you let a person out of there back into society, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? So these people are often put back into other prisons. 
and things like oh, that. Oh, no. They've been away from people for too long. That You can't just throw them back and, oh. Or they're just kept there for a long time. And a previous warden said that this is how you break a soul. A previous warden ran the prison. Uh, This is how you break a person. (sighs) I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, they're they're not wrong. And if that person gets let back into society, what? what, Nothing good is going to happen. Imagine. So that is the place in Florence, Colorado that frequently popped up on the same list as the Hoyong concentration camp in North Korea um where which supposedly quote unquote closed in 2012 um at least yeah, right at least 50,000 people are right. there and it's literally a place where you go to and like you are never released from so a prison of ours was on the same list as that place that, that is yes. how bad and they don't let journalists into AdMax. They don't let anyone in there. You are, no one is getting in there. The things that, the information we have on it, the horrible shit that we have on it, that's just what they'll release to the public. I'm very curious what they won't release. Yep. Um, in Russia, another one that popped up is the Black Dolphin Prison. Prisoners aren't allowed to sit down at all during the day what just you they just have to stand all day they just have to stand and walk all day um i do that for work and i would absolutely hate to like make someone have to do that just because yeah that's like a real fucking power move then they have um in bangkok the bangkwang um they have like a really interesting identification system the new, new prisoners for the first three months of their time where time there must constantly wear iron leg shackles. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I would probably trip. Right? Oh, I'd do a lot. My face. That's fucked up. And then this one isn't so much how they're treated, but this I just what if how did they let this happen? So this is in Colombia, La Modela <laughs> prison. It's just like known for its riots. So the way that it's set up is it's got the North Wing that's filled with left wing rebels. And the South Wing is filled with white ring government supporters. And then there's one area in the middle where people are just constantly getting murdered. Constantly. <laughs> getting murdered because it's the middle ground of two like heavily fucking lit angry politically charged yeah there's a because there's a lot of politically charged craziness and riots down there yeah but like Uh oh yikes jesus christ and i guess they have like really easy access to guns um (laughs) What? I don't know. That just came up in a lot of the lists. So then in 2016, trigger warning, side note, in 2016, they found remains of a hundred prisoners and visitors in the drain pipes of the prison. (gasps) And visitors? And visitors. First of all, 
No. What if you're in there, I'm hell? never visiting you. I've never visited. One hundred prisoners and visitors found in the drain pipe. Uh-uh. You got me fucked up. I ain't ever going there. Uh-uh. No, no. If anyone ever gets arrested in Colombia, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> We're, yeah, not friends anymore. Like... We're not friends and I never knew you. Nope. <sighs> Don't ever say my name. I'm sorry. No, that completely goes against everything that I've been saying. I'll come and yeah. get you. I'll rehabilitate you. That right. shit is crazy. We're going to end this shit on a happy note, though, because I did look up happy prisons. This is it literally in happy the corner. Happy prisons. In the corner, it's got a smiley face. See that? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about the first one on the list. Uh, this was my my bad one. That's <laughs> 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 this is how I distinguish my notes. <laughs> Okay, so in the Philippines, Cebu prison, um, I think is what it is. So it's not like super luxurious by any means, Um, but they have championed inmate programs in order to like build up confidence and make them like feel good about themselves. They have like singing and dancing programs and they perform for the public. Wait, 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 wait. That's not shocking at all from the Philippines. And yeah. I only know this because of I'm getting married to a Filipino. No, I, I thought you would appreciate this <laughs> yeah. because of Dan. Um, I love this. And like they use that as a way to sort of like empower them and give them kind of Ooh. training and it gives them something to look forward towards and it gives them something to work towards and like team effort and physical movement and endorphins and singing and dancing and Amazing. Making the brain happy. Making the brain happy. Yeah. Endorphins make you happy. Happy Happy people don't kill their husbands. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. And then in Switzerland, um, Shop Dahlen Prison, they have like spacious triples. So picture our high school. Um, (laughs) And there is uh, less of a prison feel and more of like kind of a university dorm rehab feel. And they kind of like really focus on like chest exercises and like team bonding and have kind of like your camp feel and like all working together towards something. Which I think is a common goal. Towards a common goal, which I think is really, really incredible because it's one of those things where people a lot of times feel really isolated and then lash out and do things because of that feeling yes feeling like you have a team is super cool okay spain i thought this one was so fucking cool um aaron was i am butchering these words (laughs) Um, (laughs) aaron was prison um a-r-a-n-j-u-i-z prison they have a complete infrastructure to let infant children stay with their incarcerated parents for um, a few years so that it. families aren't being split up. So that those integral years of like parent bonding and like family building can happen. still happen. And then it really like inspires those prisoners to work towards bettering themselves and growing as people because they've had that experience of being with their loved one and being a family like 
fucking amazing. That's yeah. so good for the kids. That's so good for the parents. One incredible stops, program. It stops that cycle. It breaks the cycle. It's so fucking cool. I love it. Um, and then <laughs> one of the things that I felt like is the most simple and basic thing that everyone could do is something that New Zealand has at most of their prisons. They have comfortable rooms and they spend their time building skills in order to give people something to work towards and something to use when they leave the world. And it's not something like Uh stamping a license plate to make money for this prison. It's like, this is how a car works. This is how you fix a car. Here's a useful skill that you can then take into the world and do something with it. And become a productive member of society. And contribute (laughs) and learn something. And And have a purpose. And feel good about different things. Like they covered all of the various things that prisoners in Attica have done to make different contraband crafty. They will take anything in their room and make a tattoo machine out of a rubber band, a pen, a razor, and a tape machine? Are you shitting me? That's incredible. You couldn't give me the pieces of a tattoo machine and be like, here you go, build that. I couldn't do that. Crafty. (laughs) Ingenious. Give them something positive to work towards because if they've gotten to this point i'll say it again if they've gotten to jail society has failed them at some point in their lives and we need to figure out fucking where yep help them and that is all of my research i love it katie that was fantastic thank you that was amazing cool i felt like it was really amazing but i'm also really drunk (laughs) It's okay. Dude, it was super informative and it yeah. just makes you look at all of this in a different light and a way that we can be helping move society forward. It was really interesting for me to take a look at prisons in general because I am a true, I'm a fucking murderino. You're yep. a murderino. Yeah. Like we are all about true crime. And I am mm-hmm. always looking at prison where I'm like, yeah, fucking give me Ted Bunny and I'll punch him face like fuck that guy (laughs) not in prison i hope it sucks or like i'm hearing about like child rapists and like i hope you get fucking beaten every day and part of i i'm not proud to say that part of me really feels that yeah part of me is genuinely like fuck i hope your life sucks but then i stop for a second and i think of innocent kid me unjaded pure human me and they would say like fix them i think of gabe like my little dude just being like well they need help they're scared they're sad they're angry yeah like why not help them and it's like you're right can i can i comment on that it's like i can't remember where i saw this or who told it to me But the first thought that comes to your mind is what society has conditioned you to think. And the second thought is what you truly believe. 
I've seen that before and I, it really it really it's very true and it's it's super true and it's I part of me is very vengeance focused and I'm not proud of that part of me because I know that that doesn't lead to anything yeah mostly because after all this research I've seen I found that our entire punitive system punitive punishment it's mm-hmm. it's shitty it doesn't do anything to actually solve the yeah. issue yep and dear god if i you know if someone that i loved got murdered as much as i would want that person to be punished i would want to make sure that i could do everything i fucking could to know that that wouldn't happen again yeah and if that means making sure that the person who murdered someone that i love can sing songs about his childhood and feel better than like yeah dude give the fucking guy a guitar and a microphone that i got from amazon for 30 dollars <laughs> okay like i want the cycle to stop i don't want this dude to be punished so yeah um <laughs> That is my soapbox. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It's cool. a high one and it's a good one. <laughs> cool. Cool, 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 um, So this was technically supposed to be a mini episode this week, but I had done this research now, so excited to do it. Um, but I have some questions picked out if you guys want to um, do a couple of questions. Yeah. Before yeah. the episode. Um, so this one, I'm going to just say we're going to do this one because it kind of goes in line with what we just talked about. It's called Prison Culture. Nice. Let's do it. A totally innocent man is sent to prison for 25 years, all for a crime he did not commit. The DNA evidence that indisputably proves his innocence does not emerge until he completed his full sentence. During those 25 years in prison, he kills three other inmates, sells drugs, is tangentially involved with the rape of another prisoner, mercilessly abuses a canine police dog, and steals food from other inmates on a regular basis. However, he was never caught doing any of those illegal acts. Upon his release from prison, he openly admits to doing all of these things. In fact, he brags about these activities to the media. Prison is a different culture, he explains. I did what I had to do to survive. You are the head of the penile system. You have just learned of this man's wrongful imprisonment and about all of the terrible things he did while in jail. Do you release him back into society or do you attempt to charge him with new crimes he claims to have committed during his prison stay? Oh, that's a lot to unpack there. That is a lot to unpack. Because on one hand, if he hadn't gone to prison, he probably wouldn't have done those things because it is a completely different culture. It is. It is. You're being treated horribly there. But... 
if you murdered some people and then you were talking about it and saying, yes, I did that, I'm going to have to bring charges against you. So here's, here's my thing. He kills three other inmates. I'm like, okay, you know what? They could have tried to hurt him. Yeah. Sells drugs. A person's got to do what a person's got to do. Okay. Is tangentially involved with the rape of another prisoner? Yeah, like, what does that Um, mean? Like, did they hold him down? Like, what happened? Did you hold him down? You're somehow involved with the rape. Maybe you got blackmailed into that. That's where I'm like, um, there's never a reason for that. Yeah. And then it's followed up by, by the mercilessly yeah. abuses a canine police dog. But it's also like, was it attacking him? Or did he actually be like, how did he get his hands on a police dog without another police officer there? See, here's the thing. If it was attacking him, I feel like it would say assault. But it says abuse, which implies a sort of power. Yeah. And this this is from a thing called, you know, hypothetical questions for crazy conversation. These words are picked carefully. Yeah. So the second it's involved with a rape, abuse is a police dog. I, I think I am still willing to bring charges against them. Yeah. I think I'm bringing charges against him. But I'm going to read the canine one. Prison. It's really the canine one. It's yeah, the canine it's really one. That like one. that really, yeah. like the right <laughs> thing. Like I'm not sure on those, but abuse. Yeah, no. It, abusing the canine dog. It's not their fault. They're just trained for this. And then, like, it sucks that you went to jail and then all this shit happened because you got sent to jail unlawfully, but, like, you still did that shit and you made those active decisions and you abused a a dog. And then he's bragging about it. And you're bragging about it. So, like, clearly it has turned you into a person that is not fit for society at this time. Definitely. It's done the opposite of rehabilitate you. Yes. I mean, that really fucking says something. <laughs> because that shit, that could all apply. In our hypothetical situation. <laughs> yeah, in our hypothetical situation, that could actually happen in real life here. It could. It totally I'm sorry could. for my coughing. Oh my god, sorry guys. No, no, it's okay. Okay. You're okay. Wait, we've already done this one. What's happening? We've also already done this one. Okay. Cannibal's Quandary, The Courier, or... Nope, that's just it. This was one of the ones that I sent you from the list of questions I didn't like. So... (laughs) Say the first one again. The Cannibal's Quandary. The Cannibal's Quandary, or... The Courier. The Courier. I'm gonna go with Cannibal's Quandary. Yeah. I agree. Okay. <laughs> um, you're in a plane crash. You're in a plane crash in the Andes Mountains. Not unlike those people from the movie Alive. 
or I suppose like the 1972 Uruguayan rugby team who experienced the situation in reality. As such, you'll be forced to consume the hu- as such, you'll be forced to consume the human flesh of the people who died upon impact. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm just so uncomfortable. <laughs> With this will be a terrible experience. Yes, it will. But it is the only way for you to survive. Fortunately, you did not know any of the victims personally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Would you rather eat a dead baby or would you rather eat a dead elderly person? Would the gender play a role in the selection process and how much would it bother you if this meat turned out to be delicious? Okay. Okay. So- Absolutely the old person. Oh no! No, I'd eat the baby. The baby the old person might have diseases. Totally. Oh, I just feel bad eating a baby. I do, <laughs> hey, but here. you have a point. Make more like this. Bam! There's a baby being made. <laughs> Done. Um. um anyway, okay. Everywhere. So the baby. What was I the second the question? Um. Would gender play a role in the selection process? Absolutely. Nah. No. Nah. Did you say no, Katie? No, I, I said yes. Oh, really? Why? Elaborate. Yeah. Um, dudes tend to sweat more. Oh. Mm. So I guess the, the statement is actually biological sex. Um, yeah, I, guys, males tend to not take as good care of themselves. Even and if it's a baby? And they're hairier. No, not if it's a baby. This is just if they're a grown-up. Okay. If they're okay. not a baby, I don't care. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'll eat any baby if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> How and much then... would it bother you if this meat turned out to be delicious? think yeah. that if it was the last thing that I was able to eat before I was the next one to die uh, on this mountainside, I don't think that uh, it would bother me too much. I think I would probably be grateful I was that it say, tasted well, good. Have it be recorded saying I'd be happy that it wasn't disgusting. Yeah. Because like, if I'm going to die, at least the last thing I ate wasn't fucking so gross that I wanted to throw up. Yeah. I probably wanted to throw up anyway, eating human. Yeah. But like, hopefully it tastes like chicken. Hopefully it's not really bad. Hopefully I wouldn't ever have to eat a fucking human. <laughs> okay. Would you guys offer yourselves up? Would you say kill me and eat me? I probably would. If something was like, if I was already dying, I'd be like, just take me out. But I think maybe I would try yeah. to last and see if we could get the fuck out yeah. of there or something. Low key. So we're in the mountains. I suppose I have some snow that I can munch on for water. I got a little bit of a, I got a tummy. I can survive. I don't need to eat person. <laughs> I don't need to eat for a little while. I'm fine. I got some extra weight that I can survive off of. I'll be okay. If I've got water, I'll be okay. If I got water, I'll be fine. If something is killing me, though, like, yeah, just kill me and eat me. Yeah, just take me out. Like, if I broke my leg and we're stranded on the side of a mountain, just fucking kill me because there's no coming back from that. I will get an infection real fast. 
Uh, depends how cold it is. If it's cold enough, keep me alive. I'll fight through it. All just right. cut off, but just if, cut if off my leg when we get to the hospital. <laughs> it's fine. If it starts to send me into shock, though, like, you just gotta take me out. The second I become a burden to you with my injury like that, then take me oh. out. But I like, I like to think chances those are so slim i like to think that if it's like a broken leg that my endorphins will be like we need to survive anyway and just be like walk it's cold enough you can't split it the fuck up with yeah. some wood <laughs> yeah or just like tie it up <laughs> out of this stick you know <laughs> i like to think that that's the case but the second i become a burden to anyone who's like has a legitimate shot at surviving that's like pretty guaranteed just yeah just leave me alone it's fine okay good no katie thank you yeah no you're welcome it's cool don't let me burden anyone ever (laughs) those are my questions that was awesome and this is my episode i loved it (laughs) cool 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 well yeah um I guess I, I want to make a quick <laughs> announcement. We want to let you go. I want to let you guys a little update. I want y'all to know where we are with the like men's mental health episodes. It's going to come soon. We have the questions ready to go. You just have to do some interviews and uh, we are super excited to bring it to you guys. Yes. Please email us. If, if you, you want to be have... involved, mm-hmm. just if you even want to have a conversation about mental health, you don't even have to be recorded. Oh. I would just love to have a converse. Like, we would just love to talk with you about mental health. Yeah. That'd be dope. It's super important to us, and we like to hear other people's experiences so that we can learn and help each other grow. Yeah. You can be, like, an anonymous quote or not at all. Just, like, I just enjoy talking about it. (laughs) That's all. So, yeah, just wanted to give an update on where that is. So we hope that people are excited for that because we are. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Trying to bring a little different perspective to, uh, to the world. Yes. <laughs> well, um, I guess the last thing I'll say on my episode, uh, on this topic of this episode, is um, if there's anything that you guys want to do about things like this, and I say it almost every time I have the chance, um, just fucking do a Google search get involved figure out what's going on in your community because that's where you're really going to be able to make like a really impactful one-on-one change in the world um there are so many places just outside of your door that need help volunteers hanging up signs anything like that um you know just get involved and if you don't want to get involved i don't know vote make some phone calls, anything like that. There's so many little things that you can do in whatever way that you're comfortable getting involved in any way that you want to get involved. Like that's what you should do because there are many different ways to do it. Yes. Also, um, I just want to make a quick shout out uh, before we finish. But so it was just my birthday. Woo! I'm 29 now. And I did one of those, and I've never done this before. I did one of those like Facebook fundraisers um, for my birthday. And I picked Earth Guardians, which if you guys have listened much earlier (laughs) into the season, um, our episode 
uh, our taking, uh, taking an Environmental Health Day episode, um, I spoke about the organization Earth Guardians. So I made the, the fundraiser for them. And I just want to shout out the couple of people who donated. I only did it for like $200. I wasn't sure how to like change the thing, but uh, I started with it. And then, uh, and, I, and I hope that the people who I'm about to shout out, like, listen to this. <laughs> but um, uh, this girl, my friend Liz, she donated. Uh, my friend Mariana donated. My Aunt Carolyn gave the biggest donation. And that meant the most to me Aww. because she just like, you know, I, I would rather get that from her than like a card with money in the mail. Yeah, like that totally. meant so much more to me that Hell this, yeah. this foundation means so much. And the fact that she gave such a big donation, like I won't say how much it was, but it, it was, it was really fantastic. And it like really touched my heart. Um, and then my friend Joe, he donated too. And that really meant so much to me because I really love Joe. And oh, Joe. It, it, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, with, you, the, with the Jason Momoa yeah. hair. Yeah. <gasps> Jason Momoa hair, hair from Instagram. <laughs> but um, it means so much to me that people supported that because after we did that episode, I really fell in love with that organization. <laughs> it's uh, It was awesome. So thank you, guys. And, uh, Yay. Thanks, yeah. guys. <laughs> that was great. Yay. <laughs> and I reached my goal. Yay. Woo! <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. so cool. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> but that's my little shout out to end the week. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah that's, I, I love it. it. Thank you. <laughs> so positive. Yeah, seriously. Positive things are always important. Yeah. Your health is important with your mind. Even something like that, just donating to a really great uh, organization can make a huge difference. Totally. Yeah. That sounds sarcastic, but I mean it. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I just started watching Shit's Creek. Lo- <sighs> and I feel like every once in a while a word. Day bad. Day bad. Alexa. <laughs> Yo, totally. Moira, Moira is the the greatest. Oh my god, that show is so funny. A baby. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> I felt like You're... I just sounded like Moira when I said totally, totally, totally. <laughs> the accent is just so amazing. There is a meme of her. Somebody took like Baby Yoda and like put it into a, a meme with her and it's her saying bebe <laughs> oh god I, I love it so much that's incredible <laughs> also you should look up on youtube since we're on the topic of Shit's creek uh there are compilation videos that people have made of every time david says oh my god oh. every time moira says bebe <gasps> um every time uh david says alexis um, every time Alexis says David, <laughs> David, it's amazing. Oh shit! David, okay, David. <laughs> do you watch that show, Liz? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you need to yeah. watch that show. Yeah. Okay, it's <laughs> Eugene Levy and uh, Dan Levy, his son, and uh, it's uh, 
who plays Twyla. It's Sarah, Sarah Levy. Okay. Oh my God, dude, it's incredible. I it's didn't know Hulu. that Twyla was Sarah Levy. <gasps> yes. When I found that out, dude, I freaked out. I was like, it's a whole family affair. I thought, it was on Netflix. I thought it was on Netflix. It's also on Netflix. I watch it on Hulu. Okay. Okay. Um, Anyways, Skyfinder, they're right there. It's... Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't need to continue talking about Shit's Creek, which is not at all what I was about to do. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs>